Okay, welcome to On the Watch List with um me, Joe, the guy, the man with the plan, and we also have Isaac Multhew. Hello. And we also have Emmy Oliver. Hi. Uh, you may know her from the podcast On the Watch List. So. Yeah. Did Nothing it? else, just just the <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's on the watch list. On the watch list. Wait, this is our time to like uh, plug advertise our YouTube yeah, channel. Pl- pl- plug yeah. real quick before we, we before we lose them. Say your thing. Go. All right. So, um, hi, my name is Isaac Moltview. Follow my YouTube channel, Isaac Moltview, where I talk about a lot of uh, movies, uh, specific movies that I feel are worthy to talk about, especially live action Disney remakes. So yeah, check that out. Spell it with two A's, not two S's. Okay, you're never going to let me live that one down, are you? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm never going to let you live that <laughs> okay. one down, Joe. Okay. Uh, for the love of God, do not spell Isaac's name wrong. He will never let you hear the or, end of it. Or don't pronounce it wrong at graduation, because then it'll just become an inside joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isaac Moltu. Moltu. He, Isaac he's a Pokemon Moltu. now. <laughs> okay, I mean, do you want to say, yes, do you wanna say something? Um, Subscribe to Emmy Oliver, spelled E-M-M-E. It's a palindrome. I talk about Disney Channel shows that are terrible. And I talk about Disney movies. And I talk about uh, writing through a feminist lens. So yeah, subscribe to that. Oh boy, and uh, do whatever you want with me. I don't care. So the movie (laughs) is uh, one of my own picking. One that I've seen about, uh, I guess... It's on my watch list because I wanted to watch it again because I've seen it like five times and it's you see it five times. That's about, so yeah. sad, Joe. Like 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 over <laughs> over a period of time, um, so it's *Fear and Loathing* in Las Vegas, uh, with Johnny Depp, um, directed by the Monty Python Terry Gilliam or something. Gilliam, yeah, Terry Gilliam. Yeah, he's really good. He's a really really bang up guy. Doing some bang up. Really work. talented director, you would say. Yeah, really, really talented. Um, good, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's. I guess that's just the movie. It's. It's good. I would. I yeah. I <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> okay, the movie was confusing for mm. me for the most part. All right, we have like Johnny Depp and this other guy, which I, Dr. Gonzo, I think. Yeah. We have these two. And it's about them in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it just mainly feels like an end-then story because we then have this and then that and then this. Okay, so, like, for the first part, it's, like, them on a motorcycle race as far as up as far as I gathered. Then they're in a hotel with a girl named Lucy, which I don't know if they kidnapped or something. <laughs> then, they're in a, then they're in a meeting about drugs. And then the movie's over. Uh, that's how, that's that's as far as I gathered up from the movie. You're, you're skipping a lot of it. Yeah, but, um, it's our, I mean, no, you're t- you're Joe, kind we of gotta right. give him some okay, credit. Well, yeah, okay, there is a lot of it, but these are the, actually the main parts of the movie I remember. Right. That's just it. <laughs> but yeah, it mainly felt like an end then story. But like this movie was surprisingly like it didn't make me pull my hair. I think it's mainly <laughs> because Johnny Depp was in it, and he was he's like the it best. It made part of the me want to pull my hair. I texted Joe <laughs> ten minutes before it was over. <laughs> (laughs) and said joe is this almost over even though he didn't know which part of the movie i was at i was 10 minutes from the finale from the credits and i said joe is this almost over i can't take it anymore (laughs) (laughs) wait you didn't like the movie i thought like i thought in the group chat you said you liked it or something i think from a um cinematography and um experimental filmmaking perspective it's pretty good because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this one. But from a storytelling perspective, the movie kind of has no plot. And 
I think that <laughs> movies that have no plot and are kind of just there to be weird and serve as a comedy can either work really well or they can work really not well. And this was a case where I don't think it worked uh, very well. But well, what were you going to say, I mean, say, it Joe? became a cult classic. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't, I don't think this is supposed to mainly be a, a comedy. It's Well, it's supposed to um, be like a like statement, you know. I guess maybe not on the first go around, but you see like the um you know the location of Las Vegas obviously represents and like obviously the um keep going back to the idea of the American dream mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think what else but it's kind of a a, a comment on all of that and obviously like the uh the 60s that was brought up a lot the um the wave thing and how the whole thing is kind of um from my perspective, um, Hunter S. Thompson or Wild Duke or Johnny Depp or whatever, um, he's basically in this kind of perverted, um, kind of cartoonish version of America and, like, kind of reminiscing on, like, you know, the, the 60s and stuff. And it, th- there's there's a lot to it. And again, like, I guess the first time around you could see it as... um. You know, just a comedy, but I don't even think that, like, I guess if I were to, like, list the genres, comedy might come, like, third on the list. It said comedy on Peacock. Yeah. Like, that was, it's a dark comedy, that's what it said. Well, yeah, that's... It says it's a venture comedy drama in Wikipedia. Well, yeah, well, those people that write those things, they don't have souls, so Mm. it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, and I think... I agree. The filmmaking here is really good. I think I'm of the opinion that this is the upper ends of what like film can do as a medium in terms of just visual audio, just everything, just storytelling using a visual audio medium. Uh, just because I don't know, like the, the way this movie just, I guess, makes you feel, you know, it, it for me, it's like, unlike it, it, it's like, unlike any other movie and the way that, you know, it does take multiple go-arounds to, um, you know, really respect it and really, you know, even get a grip of the uh, the, the quote-unquote uh, story. You know, I just think that this is kind of like like Terry Gilliam um, and like the five people that wrote it. It's like, this is, a, this is a master class to me. Like, this is like filmmaking as a medium. Like, you can't get any more, I guess... You're making Extreme it sound like this. it's such a beautiful masterpiece. Oh, it is. It's well. I, I guess you you wouldn't you, you wouldn't use the word beautiful <laughs> to describe this movie just based well, on. Well, no, the but you're making it sound like it's a beautiful masterpiece. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's, again based on the content alone. Well, I guess it, it's beautiful in some way, but like not in like the conventional like what what you think yeah. of when you think of beauty. I think from a, from a technical standpoint. Oh yeah, technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I, I would agree that. Just the fact that this movie got made, like somebody was. Like there's no chance in hell that this would ever have made money, and it didn't. Um, but yeah, it was a box office it, failure. Yeah, but like the fact that this got made, I just feel like that this is. And Terry Gilligan was even like, "Oh, this is the one movie where I didn't have any studio interference." I feel like everyone involved knew that this wouldn't make money, and they like, I I feel like this is one of the rare Hollywood big budget movies that was actually made out of love of the craft. Because yeah, there was no way anybody that. could have thought this would... N- yeah. Nobody thought this was going to make no. money. I think that one of the main parts um, in terms of, like, the rare beauty in this film um, and the part that I liked the most was uh, the narration of, of um, Johnny Depp's character reading the prose mm-hmm. that 
Hunter S. Thompson um, crafted in his original book. And I, I really admire Hunter S. Thompson because I, I took journalism throughout high school and we always did a gonzo journalism unit. Um, and this man really invented gonzo journalism. And I just think it's really interesting how when you look at it from that lens, it's literally like, you know, this guy, what did he do? He just went to Las Vegas and did a bunch of drugs. But in that, there's, you know, a story. And, you know, there's, it's it's really just like anecdotes of things that happen. And I think that that is why um, Isaac's right when he says it's like an and then story because it, that's what it is. It's like, first we were in the car and then we have a flashback and then we're at this hotel and then we're at the motorcycle race and then more drugs and... Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has like a traditional But that's what structure. happens when you like, you know, and I think that's also kind of, I think there's a lot of deeper meaning in this film and I think you'd agree with me on that, Joe, is that this yeah. whole theme of chasing the American dream is like an and then journey you know, there's really, there's no, like, end point. And this movie doesn't really have an ending in the traditional sense. It's just kind of like, all right, well, our two main characters have gone their separate ways for now. They're probably going to do this again next week. You know, that's how you feel at mm -hmm. the end of it. And um, I think that, you know, Hunter S. Thompson was able to just take something that people could just talk about in a casual conversation. Like, anybody could say, like, oh, two guys went to Las Vegas to write a story and they just did a shit ton of drugs. But this is, like, what that looks like. And I think that um, it reminded me, Joe, you may hate me for saying this, but it reminded me, like, in terms of the cinematography and the topic, it reminded me a little bit of Zola. It, it was, mm. like, in terms mm. of, like, you know, it gives you a glimpse to, like, normal Americans of, like, a life that they'll never have. And in this case, like, you know, for us, it's a time period we will never know because we were not born during the 60s. And I feel like, you know, giving us this little inside look into a really dark time in our history from multiple perspectives, like, the fact that the movie starts with, like, protesters and stuff, you know that there is deeper meaning under this, even though it's, like, a batshit crazy dark comedy there's there is deeper meaning and I think I appreciated that about it um but in terms of like like as me as a writer just the fact that I can't even name the plot points like it really is just an and then story and it doesn't really yeah. reach a proper conclusion I just think that knocks it down a couple pegs for me yeah I guess as someone like somebody who likes movies first and like everything else second like this is it I mean I guess it's like trying to um explain like go through an art gallery and try to explain that to people like for people who like art because it's like for me it's just a bunch of fucking pictures like i don't care <laughs> um that's this that's this is like if there was a movie art gallery this would be in there would you say you this know? is like your favorite movie joe nah but it's, <laughs> all right well, uh, I, I tried. <laughs> but like because um there are some flaw like one um one scene some scenes do go like a little bit too long of course there is a there is a meaning for that the you know to build tension the one that comes to mind is the uh, the diner scene near the end which is like the second to last yeah i i oh, actually yeah, really funny. enjoyed that scene and i i have some yeah. stuff to say about that I think that was like the highlight 
I think that was the highlight really? of the movie. That, well, yeah. that, that was like near the end. That was like um, the last scene before they like go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was like my favorite scene that I. I wanted remember. to talk about that a little bit, if you'll allow me to um, use go my my feminist yeah, go for lens. Um, Would love to see it. So here we go. Um, I think that uh, one of the deeper themes that I recognize, maybe they weren't trying to do this at all, because this is not really a movie for, like, it's not really a movie for anybody, but it's definitely marketed mm. towards men, I think. Um, but I I think that the role of women in this movie is really serving as a commentary um, and maybe Hunter S. Thompson uh, touches more on it in the book. I haven't finished it yet. Joe, you could probably talk to me about this later. But I think that they're trying to showcase that the 60s and 70s was a very dangerous time for women. Um, because, you know, as somebody who really is in- interested in true crime, all of the serial killers were in the 70s and 80s. It was like De- Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy and Ed Gein. And even though this movie's not about serial killers, you know, we established from the very beginning, like from the first scene, that out of these two characters, that Dr. Gonzo is like, he's the dangerous one. Like, he's the one who like makes multiple quote-unquote jokes about ripping people's lungs open, skinning people, he brandishes that that butcher knife every chance he gets. But there's three women in this movie. There's the chick in the elevator, and I think that was Cameron Diaz. It looked a lot like her. Um, yeah, I think so. And oh, yeah. there was that girl, and then there was Lucy, and then there was the diner girl. And I think that all three of them are basically threatened and put in dangerous situations by um, Dr. Gonzo. And as, um, and originally I had said, uh, when we were talking a little bit about it before that I thought that he was a, that he wasn't real, that he was a physical manifestation of, um, Duke slash Hunter S. Thompson's drug addiction and bad decisions. But Joe then linked me to a Wikipedia article. This guy's a real person, um, which is, which is pretty cool, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, it's just really interesting because I think that his violence towards women really serves as like a subtle commentary on how the 60s and 70s was just a bad time for women, um, more specifically women of color. But since there's like no person of color in this movie, I think I saw like one black person and I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> I didn't see any, but I, I didn't see any people. Yeah, of color well, maybe maybe I was all. just hallucinating. Maybe I got secondhand high from the movie, um, <laughs> and, I, and I just didn't know what was going on. Um, but that's that's you're not alone. Yeah, thanks, Isaac. That's what I said. I was like, Isaac has never taken a drug in his life except for when he's watched this movie. He just that's that's all you need to know, Isaac. That's all that's all you need to experience yeah. for a bit. Um, but yeah, that that's basically what I think about about the whole uh, female perspective. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I am um, I agree with I I didn't really even think about how um got like uh the three women on the um in the movie uh. You know they're kind of threatened by Gonzo. I I never really I guess made that connection. So that is kind of um interesting, uh. And I I didn't even really realize like how kind of crazy um the attorney is until you brought it up. I was like, huh, yeah, he's kind of um 
you know, the, the more violent. To Joe, one, he's but... just another Friday night for him, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know me. That's who, after, after 12 a.m., that's, that's who Joe becomes when he drinks the five five-hour energies. <laughs> oh, yeah, the tw- 25-hour energy. <laughs> I think the only thing that makes me angry about this movie is the fact that it's not a cartoon, because if it was animated, then it would have, like, ignored the fact that it's, like, you know, just, like, weird or strange. Like, if this was animated, it could have embraced that weirdness and strangeness strangeness but it's it's in live action which i don't know i don't know what to say about that i just think it would have been better as an animated movie yeah like, like i said i think they made a graphic graphic novel out of it but yeah, um there is a graphic like novel. hunter s thompson and like ralph belushi and like a lot of people wanted to do an animated movie but um for some reason he had the um those rights in his wife's name and his wife wanted like a traditional hollywood movie and I mean, she well, got his it. Wife didn't. Well, his wife yeah. doesn't know what she's talking about. Sorry, bro. Wife said no. That's basically <laughs> what happened. I don't know if you guys know this. When I was researching the movie, um, did you guys know that when it was being made, um, Johnny Depp actually lived with Hunter S. Thompson through the duration of production I to like know get that. a feel yeah, they, for his life? They they became really good friends. That's so awesome. I I love that. Like that is that is what I think of when i think of like method acting not what jared leto does but um <laughs> oh no no, no. <laughs> but um jared leto as hunter as <laughs> oh my god don't even um but yeah i just think that's really interesting that he decided to go live with this very genius but very crazy guy and you know i really think that because of that he was able to ground and capture the character i love johnny depp in this movie so much oh yeah this is one of his top oh, tier performances quite honestly it's crazy but yeah i guess more on that whole johnny depp point um they became really good friends um to the point where uh johnny depp and huntress thompson tried to make a movie based on his um other book the rum diary and you know but then johnny depp in i think 2006 he died um you mean Hunter S. thompson and- Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. I was like, wait, Johnny, Johnny Depp's died? dead! No! Yeah, Johnny Depp died in 2006. Um, but now Hunter S. Thompson died, um, and Johnny Depp, like, paid a lot of money to, like, for his funeral. Mm-hmm. Like, he shot Hunter S. Thompson's, um, remain, like, ashes out of a cannon. Oh, that's um, beautiful. Like, mm. towards the moon. Like, it was, like, insane. And then Johnny Depp actually reprised his role as Hunter S. Thompson in the Rum Diary movie, which I actually haven't seen because I heard it's kind of Hollywood. Like, um, and I was like, yeah. Like, I started reading the Rum Diary that, and like, it seemed Hollywood. really good. Uh, what were you saying, Isaac? Like, like, explain what do you mean by, like, Hollywood? Like, is it tradi- like it's traditionally bad or something? Yeah, like, ta- like tame. Oh, like okay. more t- yeah, compared I, I to the movie I, we all saw, it's it's not that I guess is what he's saying. I I I want to see it one day just because it's um Johnny Depp playing Hunter S. Thompson again, and that you know, it, it bombed too. But, um, <laughs> well, we can't see it. It's on the watch list now. Yeah. Um, oh, let's God. add it on the, the watch next, list, guys. The next episode. No, <laughs> next God. episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle another um Hunter S. Thompson based film after this. I'm hoping oh, Isaac I picks something pretty tame, like. No, it might be something pretty bad. Oh, God. The first movie, Bill Murray actually played Hunter S. Thompson, I could too. see that. I really could. I re- yeah, I see that, too. Yeah, but the, I heard the movie was bad, but I kind of want to see because b- even Bill Murray lived with um, Hunter S. Thompson for a bit, too, and they became Man, friends. this guy was just opening his house up to, like, multiple celebrities. He's like, you gonna play me? You gotta fucking <laughs> live with me, man. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I guess it worked out, you know? 
got this performance. That's really <laughs> awesome that he and Johnny Depp uh, form like a wholesome friendship. Like I, that makes me happy awesome. that in his last days, at least he was friends with someone also as crazy as Johnny Depp. So, <laughs> well, maybe I mean maybe Hunter S. Thompson is the reason Johnny Depp went that crazy. But maybe <laughs> who knows? Who knows? He also had like a wife and kids and shit. Wait. Okay. Wait, what were you saying, Isaac? <laughs> uh, never mind. I thought, like, I was confused. Like, who are you talking about? Hunter S. Thompson or Johnny Depp? Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, okay. I mean, we already know he has a wife because you already explained that earlier about his wife wanting to make it a yeah. Hollywood movie. I think he, I, he might have had multiple wives. I don't he know. Probably Wait, what? <laughs> everybody who, who's anything, you know you've made it when you've had multiple husbands or wives. Like Nicholas No famous Cage. person just had one. Yeah. You always have to have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bar to clear oh, once, you, once you're pushing three or four wives or husbands you're good to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you've made it in life i don't know how many he had but you, you guys want to get back to talking about like the the plot i i guess i was i was gonna yeah. try. What? i can I mean, describe the whole movie plot. has a plot honestly <laughs> i can do it i can describe everything again i've All seen right. this movie multiple times Describe okay. Just give us like a rundown summary of the entire plot, if you if you want. Okay, so um, Hunter's Thompson and or, or going by the alias Wild Duke, and um, his attorney are going down to Las Vegas to cover um, the Mint Five Hundred, um, a motorcycle race for the Rolling Stones. So, but the the way they do it is the way Hunter's Thompson decides to do everything. Is he you know. A shit fuck of drugs um <laughs> that's how he um decides to put it so they drive down but when they get to the hotel hunter gets you know yeah <laughs> he gets how he is <laughs> and um of course they run into trouble but they make it uh they meet the they, they make it to the room they meet the photographer they freak him out and then the next day is the race which hunter like royally screws up the reporting just just completely negligent and actually like look he sees basically the some motorcycles go and that's the only thing of substance he sees so um <laughs> but it doesn't really even matter to him because then he goes with his buddy to screw around las vegas um and it kind of you know stuff kind of get goes a little too far so then one day he wakes up and his attorney is just gone. And then Hunter tries to flee, but he gets dragged back by um, another assignment that also happens to be in Las Vegas, um, which was actually sent by his attorney, who is apparently now in his office. And basically, the events of the, f the first half of the movie repeat themselves, except instead of the Mint 500 is now the drug convention. Um, you know, it's the same thing. They check into a hotel, you know, they get screwed up, and then blah, 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 blah. The whole thing happens. They barely report on the thing. Uh, Joe, uh, you are explaining the entire plot, and I'm still not following <laughs> you. It's so confusing. Well, it's basically, you know the song, um, Mr. Brightside, where it's basically the same song twice? Yes, that's what it is. It's, and then, and then at the is. end, it, it just, it doesn't have a clear conclusion, because it, it's... The last two lyrics sound like you're starting a sentence, and then you never get to the end. That's a great <laughs> analogy, Joe. It's just the same thing uh, twice, and then it doesn't reach a proper conclusion, like at all. <laughs> well, I mean, they leave Las Vegas, so there's that. Oh, yeah, okay, well, that's one thing. 
the, the in the ending the, the the end credits they wanted to use the song sympathy for the devil but um the rolling stones wanted like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it so they said no so i don't know maybe that could be, if if you ever heard that song maybe that could be um, used to interpret some of the movie but man the soundtrack of this movie ooh, sublime <laughs> this is this is how i found the dead kennedys because in the um the uh like after um the uh, Rolling Stones song that they ended up using, they played um, uh, "Viva Las Vegas" by the Dead Kennedys, the cover by the Dead Kennedys, and that's just perfect. And just you know, all the Jefferson Airplane songs, uh, the use of like White Rabbit in the bathroom scene. I did just like. Great. I did like that song. Um, I did. I did, I did like not like that scene, but I like that song. Oh, the, the White scene Rabbit is scene. Awesome. <laughs> I think there was like one thing I laughed about I think in that scene and that was when Gonzo just you know came out of the bathroom and there was red light behind him and tried to attack Johnny Depp I think that's the only part of it that I laughed I don't there was another scene that I laughed about but I don't even remember what that scene was I think it was well, toward the end I just thought like my whole thing during the scene was like god damn it you're wasting water and like you're you're <laughs> bathing in eggshells or, or like whatever the fuck was in there I was like god stop and then literally twice they wake up and the hotel room is like flooded I was like god God damn it! You're wasting water, you pigs. <laughs> it's great. It's oh god. Maybe it's the just because I live in, a, in an environmentally conscious household where my dad literally bangs on the door when I'm in the shower. He's like, "You've been in there 15 minutes. You're wasting water." So maybe that's just drilled into my head. But I just literally those scenes. I was like, "How much fucking water did they waste?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when um, they mess up the uh, hotel room, like two different hotel rooms. Just <laughs> That's seeing, a whole other level of the, messed up, though. Like just uh, seeing the second one, especially just the carnage, just like <laughs> walking around. The set design in this movie is just great. I like, love the set design. It really something is. I noticed, actually, something I noticed for the first time um, after you know seeing this movie so many times is that. In the second movie, I mean, no, that's the second movie. The the second <laughs> hotel room when that's messed up, like you can see like some of the carpet from the hallway kind of like m- melted into the hotel room. It's really hard to explain, but it's just like all of the all of the de- like all of the little details. It's just like. Man. I just felt <laughs> like the second hotel room was just full of Easter eggs. Like, there were, like, there was that, like, space baby from the Cirque du Soleil part. I was like, how did that get there? (laughs) I just felt like it was, like, and then there's, like, fucking silly string on the, on the walls, and then, and then they terrorized that poor Mexican lady. Actually, yeah, there's four women in this movie, and once again, she's terrorized, too. Um, yeah. So wait, they do nothing the with that plot. They do nothing with that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point. It's completely made up. It's like when he, um, it's like when they made up something for like, um, what's his name, Toby Maguire. Dude, that um, was so funny. I was like, is that Toby Maguire <laughs> with like a weird wig on? And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, but and like the burnt out bed and stuff. And also, I guess we can't. I mean, um, uh, Hunter S. Thompson's attorney is Somalian in this movie, so that's something. Although the real life attorney um, was Mexican, there's a there's a person of color. Well, well, I mean. they no, they <laughs> I don't even count it because they make it a point that he's completely othered. 
Like, he explains to yeah. Tobey Maguire, he's like, yeah, this, this man's, you know, a uh, Latino individual, but, you know, he's still cool. Despite his racial <laughs> handicap, I was like, "Ooh, yeah. ooh, yeah. that was a cringeworthy piece of dialogue right there." <laughs> what would you guys say about the character development in this movie? Because I didn't think there was any. Oh, well, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess again, it's a, it's a type of thing that happens twice. The character development is that they just they plunge further and further into insanity, and then basically <laughs> it, it resets at the halfway point. And then they do it yeah, again. Yeah, that fits the movie, and that fits the theme of, like, you know, once you get involved in a certain lifestyle, uh, especially one as detrimental where you're doing drugs I've never even heard of, um, yeah, then you're probably, there's probably no going yeah. back. So Some of them, some of the drugs in the movie, I think, I think adrenochrome was made up, um, because I remember there was, like, an interview, um, and Terry Gilligan was like, oh, yeah, after the movie, like, these two teenagers went up to me and was like, oh, man, you, you did so well, like, portraying Adrenochrome, and, he, like, in his head, it was like, I made that up. You guys are lying to me. <laughs> like, I mean, but, um, apparently it's not made up in their minds, so, uh, I do want to <laughs> yeah, say, I, I really, other than, you know, like, the, the narration, which was probably my favorite part of the movie and the only part that kept me mm -hmm. sane, I really liked the dialogue. <laughs> Um, I want to yeah. start calling my friends uh, dirty pig fuckers. I <laughs> I want to start saying that because of this movie. Yeah, I, I like um, just there's a lot of like quotable lines like "vat bastard." That's a really good one. <laughs> Where are the fucking golf shoes? Like the scene or, with, no, like, no. All the what are you doing? You can't drive. A lot this of is insults thrown in this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of just great a lot lines. of insults. Yeah, and they're all <laughs> so in the book, bad. and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, the the book is pretty like the movie is pretty faithful to the book. From what I remember, I I, I don't know if I, I think the last time I read this was like eighth or seventh grade, but um, my God, I Joe. remember reading it. I don't think like, my wow, mind could have handled movie. this in eighth or seventh grade. And I read some weird <laughs> books in eighth and seventh grade because I you know instead of paying attention in Spanish, I would just read books, um, and you know I would I read like a bunch of weird books including books I was way too young to read and that I was really hoping, wow, I hope no one's looking over my, my shoulder right now while this uh, paragraph is uh, giving a graphic detail of a guy getting a blowjob. Um, but I don't think my mind could have handled this book when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> a vital part of my personal character development was reading Hunter S. You Thompson know what, now it age. all makes sense now, Joe. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all adds up. <laughs> but I remember like reading the book and just the movie was playing in my head like yeah this is basically like obviously some parts are different um but like it was pretty faithful which I guess yeah if it ain't broke don't well, fix it well I think that this is the ultimate case of the book was better than the movie and I'm not even done the book yet but from what I've read so far, I'm like, man, this is a good time. I wish this never came to screen and would have just stayed <laughs> as words. <laughs> because it, it leaves you to Johnny the imagination. Depp, and look, yes, I love Johnny Depp in this movie. But, like, it, it lets you imagine how fucked up it is. But once it, you see how fucked up it is, you're like, oh, no, go back. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie's kind of like a, a companion to the book. I guess you should read the book before you watch the movie. I guess that kind of has some entertainment value. Because, honestly, like, I don't get movies that seek to replace the book narratively. And, um, you know, because... I'm. I mean, I don't know. 
I just feel like, like movies like this and even like uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie, um, both in completely different ways, but they're both not replacements for the book, you know, like narratively and like just everything. They're more of like a companion, like, okay, you read the book, like here's like an extension of it, like here's something that might help you like understand some parts of it better, you know, stuff like that. So I, I feel like in that in that way it's like a good adaptation um just because i guess it is interesting to see just this book visualized you know just Mm -hmm. and the amount of like effects like the they had like um like cgi but they also had like the again like the dinosaur part oh dude i love that so much i was laughing my i was so confused on that that part i was like dude i was like is this acid i kind of want to do acid now i want to see some fucking dinosaurs (laughs) that's that's the moral of the story (laughs) but i guess you're kind of right isaac it's just like it is kind of like an and then story Mm -hmm. but i don't know I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I would say, like, I like it too, but it's just so confusing. Like, I didn't... I don't know. It's hard to describe it, like, from my standpoint. I was just confused throughout the entire movie. It's like, one time they're doing this, then they're doing that. So I thought the entire movie, like, they set up... They they said in the beginning they're doing a motorcycle race, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought the entire plot would yeah, be no. about that. Oh, but no. no, after the motorcycle... No. As soon as the motorcycle race ends, we get to the next plot. And then the next plot. It feels so episodic. Like, okay, I feel like this would have been better in a TV oh, show God. or something. Not I in a movie format. Yeah. No. We only need one episode of this. That's all I need. And I'm set. I'm pretty sure after the first episode, cancel it. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be like a drug binge, I guess. Like the whole repetition thing. Like the scene where they go down the hallway they get into the room and then johnny depp like flashes back to the um the elevator part and then they go down the hallway again like it's supposed to be like kind of like episodic in that way i guess well it's really uh it's really uh resemblant of what i assume so because i have never done hard drugs but i i assume so this is what happens when you go on a drug binge um the scenes kind of reminded me of um the the one of the episodes of bojack horseman uh where he goes on like a three-week bender and like he just blacks out and ends up someplace and then he's like i'm gonna go home now and then he blacks out in the next scene he's like still at that place like that's that's what i thought when i saw it i was like this is this is painful but it's also like very realistic (laughs) i think yeah it's (laughs) It's like a sim it's like kind of like a sim like simulates it Sort of. But. POV, you are on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, besides it being animated, could you guys think of any way this movie could be better? Like, like. I mean, unless it was more communicated properly because there was a lot of things. I'm pretty sure you guys picked up on most of the things, but for me, I didn't feel like it was properly communicated. Give I think it a that's plot. The- Issue. Like, and I understand what you're saying, Joe, about, like, it being, um, the repetition, and it's very, uh, it tries to immerse you into a 60s drug binge, um, but it, it's just, like, like I said, there was no conclusion, there was no point to the movie other than just some guys fucking around in Las Vegas for a little bit, and I just, there were so many scenes, I don't really love 
trippy scenes that go on for too long. Um, and I think that, like, I've seen <laughs> a lot of other movies. Mo- exactly. It reminds me of Fred exactly. the movie. It reminds you of Fred the movie. That's, wow. You just <laughs> insulted Joe's baby right there. Fred the movie. <laughs> Joe's crying right now. No, I turn think, the I mics off. He's upset. Fred the movie. No, like when you said like certain scenes drag on, I'm just saying like it reminds me of Fred the movie because there was a scene in that movie where it just dragged on for like five but minutes. My or question eight minutes. is, when you were watching this, did you think to yourself, "Oh, Fred the movie"? <laughs> no. Okay. Not really. It's all I want. I think no. I'd rather watch Fred the movie again than watch this. I'm sorry, Joe. Oh my god. Actually, I'd honestly watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I can't. Take okay, Fred is a terrible main character. I don't even hey, want, I can't even stand him. Watch, right? watch the Lucas Cruikshank slander on this on this channel right now, Isaac. I watch his YouTube videos still, his new ones, not the Fred oh, ones. His YouTube videos, which are some quality yes, content, it's just him making fun of because he's he's in this weird position where he's like he was a celebrity and he was on a lot of children's television, but like no one remembers him. So he just sits back and is like, I was on an episode of Hannah Montana once, and that's it. I'm going to talk about it now. I love it. You know that Fred was actually auditioned to be Greg Heffley in I the Dive Kid movie? He, yeah. And the, I did not know that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just imagining now Fred as Hunter S. Thompson, like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I finally got my drugs! <laughs> Imagine if Lucas Kurushank was like like um, the main character in this entire movie, and you have to see him just screaming, "Oh my damn it!" The only person that would have done better than Johnny Depp. Actually, yeah, Lucas Kurushank for the remake of this movie. Let's go. Oh my god! Except he would make the character unlikable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like like adding like a more conventional plot and stuff, and like more. Under- I feel like that in my mind, would kind of make the movie worse. Like, just because, like, you're supposed to be confused, and the plot is supposed to kind of, like, take a backseat to, like, the, um, you know, the messaging. Because this movie is supposed to feel, like, really raw. Honestly, I think if Hunter S. Thompson had his way, and I think I read this, there wouldn't be, like, any discernible plot at all or anything. I think the only reason he had one is because he couldn't think of, like, a, like, any... I guess even like incoherent way to string his thoughts together without a um without some sort of plot just because I guess when you you're writing for so long that's the only way you know how to do things but um honestly I think the uh the craziness of it and the incoherence of it is kind of the um the main uh part of the movie the main thing that makes it special and the reason why you can touch on so many things and kind of go into the absurdness of like the American dream and stuff like every writer basically ever um, or any person who like deals with this kind of stuff has wrote about the American dream and wants to, you know, say their thing about it. It's like the thing to write about, you know, but so I, I but I think this piece like stands out in how he approaches it. And I don't know, it, it's kind of even hard to explain the, me- the the true, like, heart and messaging of this movie, because it doesn't really, it, it's kind 
Well, yeah, it's kind of, well, I, there are, like, a lot of themes. Well, of course, there's, like, the whole American dream thing, you know, like, the, the perversion of that. Um, but it, it just kind of, it just kind of makes, like, I, I just kind of felt, you know, what the movie was trying to say. I was like, I can't really describe this, but, like, I understand it, you know. I think that. It's like a feeling. Are, are you and done, I, Joe? Or... Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. Um. I think that the movie is trying to highlight the fact that these guys have, uh, like, a weird dichotomy of they have a higher and a lower understanding of life because of the choices they make. Um, Because in the scenes where they interact with other people that are, like, normal, quote-unquote, Americans, like, sober to a point, um, because obviously it's Las Vegas and everyone's drinking and whatever... um, I think that they're trying to show that, you know, when they interact with other people, especially in the drug convention scene, they're trying to show that, like, man, these people are idiots, but we're smarter because we do drugs. But then in other scenes, it's also showing that they're dangerous and that drugs are dangerous and that they hurt other people. Um, And I think that they're able to reach that by um, contrasting the very rowdy atmosphere of Las Vegas and their behavior, um, and how it's almost, even though they are obviously a threat to themselves and others by being under the influence of hard drugs, they are in a climate where it's almost acceptable, because they never get in trouble. Like, my God, you know, if, if, if I went into a place walking like that and, (laughs) and speaking like that, I'd be arrested on the spot, and and Johnny Depp almost does get arrested, but you know, luckily, luckily he <laughs> ran into a cop who was um, a pervert, so it's okay. But, but so he got out easy on that one. All he had to do was, you know, subject himself to uh, things he didn't want to do to get off the hook. And isn't that the law when you really think about it? Um, well, yeah, I think that's the point. Like, right. Yeah. But there's like, <laughs> like there's just so many mini commentaries in every single scene, even though every single scene is kind of like incoherent and batshit crazy. Um, so I, I did uh, like that part of it. And honestly, the more that I talk about it and the more that I think about this movie, the more that I like it. Um, but then I'll just think about mm-hmm. like, you know certain scenes like you know the the bathtub scene and and the um the like the what do you even like is that the scene where they're like in the casino on that like spinning carousel diner thing yeah and then i'm just like (laughs) man you know and then like the scene with like that young girl i was very uncomfortable but i did really like the dialogue in there and how and this is where i kind of thought that Dr. Gonzo wasn't real because the only way that Johnny Depp is able to reason with him to, like, let her go is he starts, like, making very vulgar comments about her and how he's gonna, like, pimp her out and shit. And the other guy's (laughs) like, what? No, man, that's disgusting. But, like, that's literally what he was going to do. You know, it's implied that he, um, I don't know if, if he assaulted her, but it's implied that he, like, is attracted to her or that he is like using her for a sexual purpose and i think that he's kind of i think that dr gonzo does serve as a foil to johnny depp's character of how um Mm -hmm. and i think that's why hunter s thompson chose his name to be his profession basically about how immersing himself in this job and in this environment is ultimately detrimental to himself and other people, but it's also, like, the only way he can survive and go on. 
Um, because, you know, like you read a lot of interviews and quotes with Hunter S. Thompson and he died an addict. He overdosed, I think, at the age of 67, which is not like so he lived. He shot himself. Oh, he did shoot himself. Okay. Yeah, Wait, he shoot himself. I thought okay. just Thompson. Yeah. I thought he overdosed, <laughs> so that's my bad. But that's even worse now. Um, but no, I think that that probably was you know a battle with addiction, and he he was mm-hmm. you know he died an addict, and he died you know having a, a very messy legacy left behind. But you know, I think that a lot of people are able to learn from his decisions because a lot of the stuff in this movie is real. You know, a lot of stuff yeah. in the book yeah. is real. And just the fact that, you know, so many movies that try to show, like, drug and alcohol use, it's all really rooted in fiction. You know, you may have some of the creators that have experimented with drugs and alcohol in a bit in shady situations, but, like, this man is the king of that. He spent his whole <laughs> life exposing <clears throat> himself to dangerous situations, to um, things that most humans wouldn't even think about doing. So I think that... In a weird way, this movie was a really proper send-off for him of, like, you know, this is his legacy, and um, it's also, it's crazy when you think about, like, you know, this movie's so crazy, but it's, like, mostly real, so I, I think yeah. that yeah, that's I know. pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I was gonna talk about that, too, because when you, when you look it up, and I've looked this up multiple times throughout the years, it's hard to, it, I couldn't really find anything talking about what in the book or the movie is real and what isn't you know like because i know like this was the book was originally like a thing for the rolling stones like him actually going to las vegas on an assignment was real and it is a thing that he did a lot um but like what specific parts were real and fake i'm guessing people that like they just don't even try to like figure it out because some things were real, but like the circus circus part, like I, I think that part was like complete like hallucination. Like it's really hard. I guess, I guess even figuring out what was real or what was fake or what was actually what they actually thought they saw and whatever, I guess that kind of would ruin some of the magic of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just found like it's really hard to find any information on that though, which I was really surprised about because that's, I feel like when you watch the movie, that's kind of like the first thing you think about, like how much of that was real, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, but, or like how much of it did they think they saw, you know, and how much was made up. The dinosaurs were definitely real. Yeah. Yeah. They were. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess, I guess that's like gonzo journalism in general, though. It's supposed to be like a, like mixing of, falsehood and like fact to the point where you can't even discern the two you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) honestly i'm trying to come up with ways to talk about this movie but i just can't because it's it just confused me a lot (laughs) but it's hard to talk about this movie in a conventional sense like uh yeah like the well like the last few movies we've talked about like the plot and the characters but Mm -hmm. this this movie you can't really do that you know you have to talk about the themage and the um you know like like stuff like that like so i guess in terms like the visuals the screenplay the soundtrack too like what you mentioned um honestly though i didn't pay attention to any of the soundtrack the screenplay or anything like that because i was trying to follow the story but even then it was so Mm -hmm. difficult to do so i'm just like wait what 
like it just kept dragging on. It's like and then and then I do and think this it dragged on a bit happened. too long. I think this movie's way longer than it has to be, and that's why by the end of it, like I was like, oh god, please be over. <laughs> well, it's it's a, I feel like a, for a lot of people, it's a movie that like they're like, oh okay, that was that was good, but I'm never gonna watch that again. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I will never. I don't know how you've watched yeah. this five times, Joe. I mean, I'm happy that you like it and you found a movie that you really. I mean, I watched the Emoji Movie eight times, so give him Isaac. A break. See, Isaac, you're just a masochist, okay? <laughs> like Isaac is the biggest masochist I've ever met in my life. He's like, yeah, I can't wait for Cruella two. It's gonna be so bad. I'm like, why would you even see it? Like, and he's like, because Emmy. <laughs> I just want to subject myself to such pain and waste my time, you know? I guess I just like being annoyed. The only time you feel like No, Isaac, to each their own. But personally, that's, I think that's my issue with, with this movie. I, I think that, you know, it's going to get me. I do like that I got to watch something that was based off Hunter S. Thompson because I learned about him in school a little bit because, you know, I took journalism and, and he's a very famous journalist. Um, but I think this might be one that I could have done without, other than the fact that it, it was a really interesting. Um, but my thing with movies, and, and one of the reasons why I, I like doing this podcast with you guys, is because I will not watch new movies. I will watch the same movie over and over again because I it's part of my anxiety. I know how it ends, and I'm familiar with it, and I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. So I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Even though I've seen it a million times and I've laughed at the same jokes, if I, like, when Joe and I went to go see Cats, <laughs> I was like, I've just wasted two <laughs> hours of my life. Damn it. Like, I could have been doing other things. And that is what's really intimidating about movies like this is, like, you're like, did I just waste my time? Or was I enlightened by this? And I think this movie is, like, a <laughs> little bit of both, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. I feel like anybody who's going into journalism or anything like that should maybe not see the movie, but at least read the book or something. Because it is kind of, like... I think it is important to kind of see a perverted version of all of it, you know, to understand, you know, just like the other side. It was just it. really funny for me personally because I had to do a gonzo journalism assignment every year. But obviously, like, you know, my, my journalism teacher was like, you know, don't go as far as Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> did. Like, tell me what your assignment is before you do it. <laughs> obviously, you guys aren't going to go and live with a motorcycle gang in the middle of Texas. Mm -hmm. And mine literally was like, we were all coming up with ideas. And one girl was like, I'm going to eat healthy for a week. Oh. And, and, the, and the other girl, like one time <laughs> I, I was really self-conscious. Yeah. One time I was, uh, I was really self-conscious about my skin. So I was like, I'm not going to wear makeup for a week. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hunter S. Thompson's rolling in his grave. He's like, what are you doing to my profession? This is not God's own journalism. You kids should be going out in the Midwest and burying yourself in a hole and seeing how long it takes for you to run out of oxygen come on oh man i i wish i took that class now i would have driven down to las vegas and recreated <laughs> yeah, joe would have had his joe would have been like fear and loathing in las vegas the sequel joe at the movies edition <laughs> God. God. joe would get there he'd be like i tried to get into a casino but was kicked out immediately <laughs> Um, but this will not stop <laughs> yeah. me. He's like, then I tried to go um, get drugs from a hooker, and she laughed in my face and said, what are you, 14? <laughs> no, like, it, it would just be the lamest version of the movie possible. What is wrong <laughs> with like, this country? Little, 
Where, where it's like if a little kid tried to go down to Las Vegas and like have a trip like this and people are literally like it's it's like Phineas and Ferb aren't you a little young to be going on a drug binge yes yes I am yes I am yes, yes, I, am. <laughs> I like I like the parallels we've drawn this episode Fred the movie Phineas and Ferb it's great it's great like I said Hunter S. Thompson's rolling in his grave he's like these children are defamishing my name these rap bastards why these children are ruining my legacy how dare they Nah, i don't think i think Hunter thompson you can't really tarnish his legacy at all it just like is like uh, not more than he did i mean hunter s thompson's a deviant like yeah he was that's the point (laughs) you can't say anything bad about him because the only response is yep that's right and it's really bad because he did a lot of bad oh, yeah. things, but like we just talk about him like he's yeah. a legend because he kind of is. Yeah, like you know? in the journal, like he's a. And I don't. I'm not a big fan of like journalism, like uh, especially like, the modern day stuff. I feel like it's just all like kind of like bleh. But you know, what? yeah, I can get I can get behind this guy. <laughs> if if Hunter S. Thompson was alive today. And he saw what modern journalism was. He'd be like, "No, oh, no, no, no." I so no. wish he was. Let's get today. back to basics, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he would be able to make sense of like all, like everything that's happening right now. He'd be able to like make like some kind of book or something, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I understand it all now." You know, I Literally. so wish he was alive. <laughs> god damn. He'd be like, "All right, guys, here's really what happened yeah. with the election." And we'd be like, y- "Exactly." He, I it'd like be a trip. To, like the whole book would be about a trip to Cuba, and it would it would explain everything. And I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> like just when we needed him the most, he leaves." <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Oh, oh, god. Also, the um, Doctor oh, Gonzo, <laughs> he's been missing for forty-seven years. He has, yeah, yes. He, he went missing in Mexico. Yeah, he's he's in the Bermuda Triangle somewhere, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, in Me- yeah, in Mexico. Oh my but, gosh! <laughs> Damn. So, what more can we say about this? Movie, I don't know. Actually? Just you just gotta you just gotta see it. We'll read the book, read the book, and then watch the movie. Joe can talk about it for hours, probably, and just like you know, kiss this movie's yeah. ass and just be like, oh, masterpiece." <laughs> and me and Isaac are just sitting here, like, "God, why?" <laughs> All right, like I have a question. Do you think this movie was um, would be good the way it is? Like, is it is it perfect the yeah, way? Yeah, I think the only way it could be better if it was if is if it was animated, like a live action. Yeah, that's the only a live action version of this book could in no possible way be any better than this <laughs> that i'm of that opinion yeah without you know obviously you could i mean a- any like doing it any other way would just be an insult you know? mm-hmm. but. yeah i do think this movie would have been a lot better if it was animated because it would have it would have like embraced the fact that it was stupid that the concept was ridiculous or something it, it would have embraced that that's the thing with animation but since it's like it's live action it just feels there's a lot of things that i don't like i haven't read the book so i wouldn't know but i felt like there could have been a lot of things that that was mentioned in the book that they couldn't do in live action that felt limited to their um to their standards so they just 
I don't know. So they didn't, I don't know. They could have made this animated. That's the only thing that I wish this movie was animated. Because again, it would have embraced like how stupid yeah. the concept was. I think the like movie that. would have been way scarier if it was uh, yeah. animated. Because there's no <laughs> limits. You could literally make it so trippy and so terrible. Mm. And I think I would have just been terrified. It could be that, like that sequence from Dumbo, like the um, elephant. What was it? What was that? Like The that, pink elephants. <laughs> the pink elephants. Pink that elephant sequence scene. went on too long of that movie but it could have been like it could have been like that but i mean we have a great I, I might read the graphic novel one day because that's kind of an interesting idea but i mean i'm not i might not read the novel like the original book because i don't read books anymore so <laughs> i'm gonna try to find it um i've been i went to the flea market yesterday and i tried looking for it because i just have joe's copy right now and I'm moving soon, so I, I need to cop this book before I get out of here. I gotta read it. <laughs> Especially in a place like New York City, I'm gonna be reading this and be like, ha, oh, yes. <laughs> this is very atmospheric right now. God. Yeah, well, <laughs> this movie's great, and nobody can tell you me You guys otherwise. wanna do ratings? Okay, sure. So, uh, who wants to start off first? I think, is it... You start, Isaac. Uh, okay, wait, I think... Should wait? Shouldn't Joe start it off since he recommended the movie? Oh, sure. Okay. I would love to. All right. Um, I'm gonna give this one a nine point five out of ten. <laughs> That's a bit too high. I'm not. I am not joking. Because it is again. I said this in the beginning. I'll say it again. This hits the upper, like. The, I, what, I does it hit you in the heart? Is that it? Like it just? It not, just well, like, <laughs> I, I I guess so, but that doesn't really convey what I'm thinking right now. It it hits the upper ends of what the medium of film is capable of in terms of um communicating a message, which I guess is the most layman and most soulless way to say it. But I mean, like honestly, just nine point five out of ten. I mean, every single. Every single point of that it earns wholeheartedly, in my opinion. It's just, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as calling it a masterpiece. Well, like, what's your rating then, Isaac? I would give it like a strong six out of ten. It's a passable. strong six. Okay. <laughs> a strong I six. Give all a right. strong, solid six. <laughs> what's the problem with a strong six? I'm just, okay. I mean, Joe's crying. Hunter S. Thompson's rolling in his grave right now. That's Emmy, all right, Emmy. What would you give it? I I'm sorry, Joe. I'm gonna give this one a five uh, out a of ten. Strong five. Strong <laughs> five. It's like, it's like it's mediocre in terms of uh, plot. I'd never watch it again. But you know what? At least uh, I had some fun with it, and at least I'm gonna read a cool book now. So the poster yeah. still freaks me out to this day. Oh man. Yeah, it's on the front cover. The poster. The poster. It's on the front cover of the book. Oh no, that's so funny! I love the poster. The poster freaks me out. I love it. <laughs> I I just realized the little ink blots form bats. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just realized that. that too. I have to say, I didn't say this earlier. The first like fifteen minutes of the movie, I was in love with, <laughs> and I was like, "This is so funny and so batshit crazy." And then I was like, okay, so, like, when's the plot going to happen? And then it never and did. Then it did. <laughs> <laughs> Some say she's still waiting for the plot to happen. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it, that's going to be me reading the book. I'm going to be like, okay, this is all fun and dandy. Oh, where's our plot, guys? 
<laughs> and then Hunter S. Thompson, once again, he's like shaking his hands in his grave. He's like, <laughs> you thought you went. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a piece of journalism. And, uh, you know, you can't really, I mean. Yeah. yeah, so journalism is supposed to be unconventional, especially journalism from this period of time. So, but, Yeah, nice, nice, strong 9.5. Um, for me, yeah, I still think it's a bit too high. I wouldn't go as far as calling it a well, masterpiece. Isaac, but it's your uh, you gave it a six, so yeah. you obviously just I... don't have the same opinion. <laughs> I just think it's passable. All right, I wouldn't go. As... I at first, after I had watched it, I was like, "This is a fucking three. But then I thought about it more, and I was like, "All right, it's a. Five. I mean, it's a cold it's, classic. It's definitely right. better than. I'd watch this over Cats any day. Would you watch this over Vivo? Oh, um. You know, I don't know. I gave Vivo. What did I give Vivo? A five point five. I don't even know. So actually. I guess I'd probably watch wow. Vivo over this, but I'd hate it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, well, I hate Vivo. I would rather watch this movie over that. Yeah, me too. I might. I might rather watch this movie because you know what? I think Joe's right. I think that Joe, after seeing this movie many times, has a has a better understanding of it. So you know what? If somebody, if somebody, if I was at a party and I was just like totally inebriated and like wanted to understand the meaning of life through journalism, maybe I'd watch it again. <laughs> the highest praise. But I don't know if I would watch it again under normal circumstances. Maybe if, if when we all go off to college and we get back together, we all hang out, we could all watch it again. Yeah, that, that, that'd be like the only two reasons I'd watch this yeah, movie. That, that's the thing though. This movie never really leaves you. Like you're never going to forget this movie, you know? You can actually, I might it. forget this, honestly. I'm going to be honest, I might forget this, because there's already a lot of things I forget about this movie. <laughs> okay, Isaac. Well, you're the exception. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's special. Yeah, I, I'm just special. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let, I guess let's, let's end this episode. All right, guys. That was the podcast. That now, the next podcast. episode... Uh, <laughs> I might choose a movie that will actually hurt everyone's brains. Wait, this know. is just masochism in the podcast now. I said this last time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once Isaac chooses the movie, it's going to become the masochism. No, no, you know what? Next time I'm going to I'm gonna be nice next time. I, I've decided right. that next time I'm going to be nice, so I will not All hurt right. us. Wait, well, like, yeah, after my turn, it's Emmy's turn, so I don't know what uh, movie Emmy might Paw choose. Patrol. I'm, I'm going to decide to, I'm going to be either really mean or, like, be well, mean. Okay, you already were mean when you chose Vivo, let's be honest. I didn't know Vivo <laughs> was going to be that bad. You guys can't blame that I, I on me, to, okay? I see Lin-Manuel Miranda, blame... I click, like, okay? I need to blame you anyway. <laughs> My God. Let's end the episode. Plug plug, plug your stuff. Plug your shit. Go, Uh, Joe. Yeah, watch 37, the movie. Plug it again. (laughs) Secret Pass Productions or whatever. Yeah, actually, guys, do watch 37. If you like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you'll like 37. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, wait, guys. 37 can be, like, the animated version of Another rotation in the grave for Hunter S. Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the case. Hunter S. Thompson's watching um, 37 from his grave right now. He's like, damn, I taught this kid well. (laughs) No, actually, that would be the case. 37 could be, like, the thing of, uh, you know, I don't fear and loathing in Las Vegas. There we go. They complement each other very yes, well, they, I they think. They do. The two films. All right, Emmy, you're next. Um, watch my watch my YouTube channel, Emmy Oliver. Uh, check out my website. Actually, I haven't plugged my website before. It's Emmy Oliver 0909 at wixsite.com or dot wixsite.com. I write shit. Go check it out. Uh, and yeah. 
Uh, Watch 37 on Joe's <laughs> channel. Ahead and just all right, I'll be, nicer, I'll be nicer to you, Joe, all right? Okay, okay, subscribe to Isaac Molthew. I make a lot of movie reviews, movies that I feel like are worth uh, talking about, especially every single Disney live-action remake. So I'm going to stick with the Disney remakes until it's dead. Isaac, just just rename your channel Masochist, Masochist Molthew. Like, okay? <laughs> That's a good name for a podcast. <laughs> It is. It's even got the alliteration Damn. going on. Uh, anyway, that was our podcast. All right. All right. Yeah. Good, goodbye. Tune in next We're time done. where we do something that Isaac's going to torture yeah. us with, probably. Right. Bye. Bye.